Hello, welcome to the Withy Window Podcast, brought to you by Covenant Coffee. The Withy Window Podcast exists to help men and women have dominion and mastery over their corner of the earth as they build godly households that are sturdy, productive, and joyful. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord over all, and we desire to see His Word come out our fingertips. And particularly, we desire to build upon the commands of Christ by speaking specifically about the wisdom of applying those commands. Well, again, my name is Matt, and I'm joined here by my wife, Sarah. Hi, guys. And today we are talking about womanhood and homemaking and life-giving. And this episode parallels with our previous episode on manhood. So we will walk through the same pattern and categories as we did with the men. And of course, we encourage both genders to listen to both episodes. So first, we'll kick off by talking about our current plight. Yeah, again, kind of understanding what we're fighting against uh, this, this is, I mean, it's really important. I mean, you, you need to know what the Bible says, but then you also need to know like what, what's going to be pushing against, cause that's going to show you like what our proclivities are going to be or where you've got, um, kind of hidden, uh, like a Trojan horse in your camp. Like where have I let the bad things sneak in? Um, or what we're going to be warring against tomorrow when you go try to apply these things. So with that, we live in a culture ruled by women. I mean, now, I I don't want to like, you know, in our last episode, we talked about patriarchy. So I think the world has, has been predominantly designed that if men are to rule in the house, then that means that majority of the world, since the house, since the world is to be made up by households, that then majority of the world is going to have predominantly a patriarchal mm-hmm. rulership. But but what we see in in our current culture in the West, particularly the United States and, and beyond, that at least on the surface, there seems to be seems to be ruled by women. Women who want in charge or power in every sphere. Really and, women. And men abdicating the yeah. leadership. Yeah. Just passing the ball to the women, mm-hmm. or sitting quietly back sure. in their boardrooms. Sure, and, uh, uh, it's the women who are showing amazing abilities in being aggressive and conquering. Uh, and sadly, they're showing all of this effort everywhere but the home. And really, in our current current context, for a woman, if if a woman is not doing all the same things that men are doing, then those women are not good enough. It's all about female empowerment, sure. if you will. Yeah, and you say everywhere but the home. The home is really likened to a cage. You know, you mm-hmm. stay-at-home mom. Chains. You, Yeah, you are chained to this motherhood thing. You're not using your education that you went and got. And so this is the general culture of the time right now. Of course, there's going to be varying levels of desire in women to be in charge, but this fleshly desire of power or control goes back to every human since Adam and Eve. So even more passive, quiet women by nature still need to know the context of our current day 
and that more passive bent women need to step up in righteousness and rule and conquer more in their spheres, of course, under the authority of scripture and their husband. And in and, and the church and as the well. church. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we, we live in a, in a culture that's at war, though, uh, also against femininity. Mm-hmm. It says it's a, I mean, it doesn't say it is, but it, it looks more on the surface like it's at war with masculinity, and it's all about um, setting free women from the chains of slavery. Um, but it's at war against femininity, femininity well. It says it wants to set them free. It says it's all about equality, but but what's really happening is that you can't be a real woman unless you are doing all the same things that a man is doing. Sure. I still see some traces of femininity. I do see that. But in the the trajectory of women can do what a man can do, well, that means like some of these women are starting to look like men. They're starting mm-hmm. to do even like similar jobs as men. You know, so there's just some androgyny there, some flattening of the genders. And with that femininity, the beauty of that is starting to go by the wayside. Yeah. So you said you can't be a real woman unless you're doing all the things that a man is doing. So some examples, um, you know, in contrast to being a stay-at-home mom or the focus being on the home, some of that it would be having a full-time job. Yeah, like a full-time job, like outside the home. Outside the A man can do that, so I can too. Yeah, and so here here, here we're saying, like, it's we're not saying it's wrong that a woman can never have a full-time job outside the home. That's that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, like, but if she's giving up her homemaking orientation, believing that she can only be truly human if she goes outside the home and gets a job like a man, that's the problem. So you had some other examples. That's really good clarity. Um, so another example of what we, we can do, what men do, you know, squeezing our way into a male-dominated field or career. Like, you know, for example, like a referee in the NFL, I believe, is there one woman? One or two. One or two, maybe, yeah. you know. Well, just and, wait till we start getting them to want to play on the field. We'll sure, see how well that, that goes. That's coming. <laughs> you know, and there's a male-dominated... You know, they'll, they'll probably have to wear a different colored like T-shirt or something so that the men don't hit them as hard. Maybe, but you know, women can be like men, so <laughs> equal playing ground. <laughs> so you know, there's a you know the career of engineering is usually men, um, but we have even some sweet women in our church, you know, that are that are engineers and um, you know firefighting, another male dominated field. Um, but another thing, a, a woman can do what a man is doing, like being a CEO or like near that of a company. Um, and really just generally like I can earn a paycheck too. Like mm-hmm. I I can do more with my life than just than just be at home and yep. just nurturing, you know, souls for eternity. You know, I can earn a paycheck and just and another like one earning recognition as female athletes. Um and even just women who tend to be more like wanting to do construction, do-it-yourself remodels in the home, in the construction tool world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we yeah, can do what it, men do. Yeah. And again, like it's not, we're not saying like these are, it's wrong for women to do exactly. these, these things. Don't don't hear that. No. What we're saying is, is if these things that tend to be men who do this, if you think 
you have to go do those things to prove your validity as a person, as that you are not a weak woman, quote-unquote, uh, then you've, you've fallen to the lie. You've, you've, you've bit the bait. So these examples that I just gave, like, do, if, if you find yourself in one of these categories, like, do that to the glory of God. Meaning still, like, as a woman, if you're a mom, if you're a wife, be oriented to your home. And then don't do your career as having to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, uh, it's going to be really hard. Not that there's never exceptions to this, because um, we live in a, in a broken world. But it's going to be really hard for a woman to be oriented towards the home at almost any stage in life and have a full-time job outside the home. Well, we only have so much energy. Yeah. So yeah. much bandwidth as well. Yeah. We're smart, but like energy. We're human. We are yeah, finite so beings. So, and that's, just, that's especially true when you have kids at home. Yes. But I think even after the kids are at home, um, it's going to be really hard. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm saying it's going to be really hard to be faithful in your orientation towards the home and have a full-time gig outside the house. Maybe part-time or three-quarter time or something like that, or it depends on how demanding the job is or how much it wipes you, like before you come home. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to uh, it's gonna be hard. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just going to be hard. Um, now, so why can't our world stand biblical or natural femininity? Well, I think since women were created to bring life in the context of godly patriarchy, then any offspring of this woman is a potential threat to the worldly powers at B. Sure, and just to you know, state the obvious, how do we know women were created to bring life? I mean, our bodies were made with the organs to conceive, carry, and birth mm-hmm. babies. Mm-hmm. And our instincts show that too. Our instincts are to take care of the baby, protect the baby, research and execute the very best for the baby and the children that we have. Mm-hmm. And we bring life, and then we keep that life living. Yeah. So, like, the, again, back to the world, that just like in Moses' day or Jesus' day, we must kill off the offspring that might threaten the powers of be. So you have first a war on fertility— with things like birth control and such. Then you have the the murder of babies in the womb to now the mutilization of air-breathing children, and next will be pedophilia. So that it's it's a war on Eve's powerful ability and design given to her by God to with the help of her husband to create uh, new image bearers. Why? Because those new image bearers might just be brought up in a way that understands who God is, and might just worship the one and only true God, and might just start laying an axe to the trees of these idols Mm -hmm. uh, and chopping them down. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get rid of the children of Eve. And so since women were created to be a helper to godly patriarchy, then any help she might give to the mission of her husband is a potential threat, again, to those powers. So if we can get her to do her own mission apart from her husband, 
then he will be left alone and weak. Ooh, this happens a lot. And even in Christian homes, in the local churches, it's so sneaky. And families need to ask themselves, and maybe the godly leadership in their churches, is culture creeping into our household by way of our marriage? And and, and then walk that out in repentance. But it's so easy for wives, if, especially if the husband doesn't communicate or have a mission for her to submit to. I mean, submission means that you're getting under a mission. Mm-hmm. And if your husband doesn't declare and actually they share or even have a mission, then we're going to be about some kind of mission, and it's usually going to be our own agenda. Yeah, yeah. So why did God make women? Um, like women were created to be women uh, and unique, different than men. So we've talked about this a little bit just uh, before in earlier podcasts, but like to rehash a little bit of this, we're, we want to talk about orientation. I think it's a great word um, because it doesn't mean exclusively. It doesn't mean the woman does this exclusively and the man does this does something else exclusively, but it means their general direction, their general bent, the way they were created, the way their they their general focus should be, not that they ever don't they take their not that they never take their eyes and put it on something else. So man, his orientation should be toward the earth exercising dominion through rulership or leadership, guarding, keeping, protecting, ordering. So think like a toward the earth, uh, away from the household, taking the next acre. But the woman uh, that's given in marriage, hers should be toward the man, exercising dominion. So they're both exercising dominion here, so don't they're both subduing. Uh but they're doing it differently. The man is through rulership, lordship, guarding away from the home. Hers is toward the man exercising dominion through helping and life-giving through human community, hospitality, and beauty. Yes, and this is going to rock some worlds right now. Um, If this orientation of a woman oriented to the man is sending off a siren and you right now pause for a moment. It did this for me too. So first I recognized that I had swallowed the cultural pill that I, as a woman, the pill that I can do whatever I want to do, be whoever I want to be. And if I don't do that, if I don't pursue that, I'm cutting myself short and I'm being oppressed. But friends, obeying God opens a floodgate of blessing upon blessing that cannot be known until you obey. So study why this is a woman's orientation. Take steps to obey it and watch true freedom and blessing be poured into you by following God's design. You know, a book that was really helpful in defining this and really it actually set off the sirens too, but it, (laughs) but like I studied it and I, and it's just, it's a beautiful picture of design. It sets you free. It did. Um, The book I'm talking about is Reforming Marriage by Doug Wilson and study the scriptures that he lists and brings about um, in support of this. And some of those scriptures, um, one of those is Genesis 2. Yeah, in Genesis 2, before Eve is in the picture, uh, Adam is to work the garden. 
and the covenant to work the garden is to is given to Adam. Then in chapter two, verse eighteen, it says it's not fit for the man to be alone. But again, God doesn't create Eve next. Instead, Adam names the animals. So that 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 order uh, and those actions apart from Eve is meant to show us something. It's meant to show us that Adam is the one whom the the command to subdue the earth, um, to exercise dominion away from the household is given to Adam. Like that, it doesn't mean that, she, that Eve never takes part in that, but uh, even physically by picking up a rake, but, but it means her part in that's going to look different than Adam's part. That's why he does these things. Before um, she even exists. Before she even exists, yeah. Um, even though God says it's not fit for him to be alone, but God doesn't create Eve. So an act, what's, what happens is an act of dominion uh, uh, from, from Adam... And his emphasis in this act of dominion is beyond the relationship with Eve. So he's, what is that specifically? Well, he's ordering the animals, he's separating them, which is a conquering of sorts. To name something is uh, an exercise of rulership or lordship. Well, then we get three verses later in chapter 2, verse 21, Adam is finally put to sleep and God finally creates woman. Well, woman's orientation is toward the man. Now, now, we're not saying that all women are oriented towards all men. Right. Right? So we're saying, though, that a woman given in marriage, which is going to be the the dominant reality for, or the, the predominant reality for most women, uh, their orientation is to be toward their man, their, their husband. So woman's orientation toward the man exercising dominion through life-giving. So Eve was a helper for Adam's aloneness, not Adam's loneliness. Remember, Adam... So, so it's not the sentiment or the feeling. Adam wasn't like, oh, woe is me. I, I, just, I just need a friend. Listen, he was in the garden with God. Right. He was walking with God. He wasn't lonely. The problem was Adam had no one else to help him do the mission. Mm-hmm. So it was Adam's aloneness. So God doesn't say, let me make Adam an emotional lover, although those are benefits that come along with this relationship. But he instead, he is alone in the mission. He needs help in exercising dominion. You know, this concept really came alive to me in seeing you as my husband in mission one of you know one of one part of our mission is church ministry mm-hmm. you're a pastor and i am your wife and i am a specific and unique person that can encourage you in a way that only i can encourage mm-hmm. you and pray for you in a way that only I know how to pray for you. Yeah. Certain things. And so when I when I learned about Adam's aloneness in his mission and not loneliness, that just makes sense. Like he was solo and he needed a mm-hmm. helper, a robustness to the mission or else the mission wouldn't have gone forth as God's design. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's make some like observations here. Like she is made as a helper fit for Adam, not fit for the animals, and not directly for God. 
So she's, she's not a helper made fit for God. For Adam, she was created from Adam for Adam. This is a framework given to the woman by God, and we can trust and obey within this framework. That's right. Adam is created from creation, oriented toward creation. Eve is created from Adam, oriented toward Adam. You see, she is like Adam, but different than Adam. So listen, not just in physical characteristics. It's not just her body makeup is different, right? Uh, or hers is made to conceive, and his is made to conquer, and he's stronger. I mean, those things are true as well, but different in their propensities, different in their nature, different in, in her emphasis. She's, so she's like Adam, but different than Adam. She's a helper, not in term of, like, helper, and, and you got to understand, helper, like, in, in our world right now, if you're labeled a helper, you're, uh, de- you see that as a devalued thing. But helper is not a term of value or worth, but helper is a, is a defining of the relationship. Right. I mean, the actual, like, definition of help is um, making it easier for someone to do something, by offering one's services or resources. And, you know, nowhere in this definition is there any reference to inferiority or lesser. Mm, in yeah. fact, helping adds robustness. Mm-hmm. It adds completion. And without help, a mission can't get done well or at all. Yeah. And so it's just so sneaky how we impose wrong belief and wrong baggage into um, the words of Scripture because of what we have just come up with as being a helper. Yeah. This is, again, one of those examples where you might, particularly for the, well, for men and women both, but like you you might have to stop and pause and actually name the wrong beliefs that you have so that you can maybe put it on a note card and just drop it into the trash can. Um, Because there's so much of this garbage that we've just bought into. Um and not, and we're just not aware mm-hmm. of it. So um, Adam, here's another thing. Adam is not made a helper for her. And how easy it is, particularly when um, a husband comes home from work, it all of a sudden becomes the wife's mission. Well, you know, it's, it's easy to do that because wife has potentially been home all day if she is um, a homemaker mm-hmm. and she's in rhythm with the kids, right? And then dad joins, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that can be really easy. But uh, what that could look like and what it ought to look like is the wife anticipating um, husband coming home mm-hmm. and saying, hey, husband, you know, this is and this has happened. These are options that, um, you know, our family likes to go on a hike. Our family needs to do bath time at certain certain nights of the week. You know, the, the wife lays out these things that, hey, our family can do these things. Husband, what, what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can give direction mm-hmm. to that. What, what I thought you were going to say was, a wife who says, I've been at home with the kids all day, and now I want you to come and uh, like do all this work around the house as if he's not been working all day, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which uh, I'm thankful you don't do this, but that, that, that annoys me. Like a wife who's like, well, I've been home with the kids all day. Well, 
well, if the husband's been godly, he's been working hard all day too. Mm-hmm. You're both tired, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You're both tired. Um, but then when, when, when the husband comes home, I'm not saying he doesn't help with dinner. I mean, I help with dinner mm-hmm. frequently and, mm-hmm. and, um, and help out with things around the house, but there's a difference between me helping in those areas and me being your helper while you're setting the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're setting the trajectory of all of our family life. Right. Like, like I, I kind of cringe when I hear a husband say, well, my wife controls the family calendar. Right. Like... It chooses the sports my kids are going to be at, and then this is the, all the practices. And... Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that's her setting the mission. Mm-hmm. That's her dominating the mission. That's you being her helper. Um, and instead of Adam, uh, she was meant to be a helper for Adam. She's responsible to accept Adam's leadership and to help him in the mission. But the reality is, uh, this quote from G.K. Chesterton, I think, is is gold. But he says, feminism is a muddled idea that women are free when they serve their employers, but slaves when they help their husbands. I think so many women yes. have bought into that. Yes. That, that Their supposed lie. freedom in serving their employers, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the cage when they're at the home. Yeah, which blows my mind. Yep. So her orientation is not toward creation, but again, it's toward Adam. Yes, she's likely going to pick up a rake, cut back some weeds, remind their offspring not to eat from that tree, but her focus, her drive, is not directly at creation and expanding the garden to the whole earth, but her, her focus is at her husband, first and foremost. So, so not even at the kids, mm-hmm. but at right. her husband. What, what mission is he on? What mission has God given him? And that's where her focus is to be. You know, this has been a blessing to my soul because when I carry the weight of execution and the weight of the mission, like of making the mission happen um, or maybe designing the mission, it's overwhelming. When my husband carries the weight of mission and defining that and what that is, and then I can focus on flourishing the things inside that framework, I am not overwhelmed. Um, I'm set up rightly and can do well the things I was created to do. Yeah, that's right. I, so, so some women say, "Well, I'm uh, like I, I'm thinking like very practically here." Some women who are not used to their husband setting the mission might say, "Well, I'm just going to stop doing the things so that my husband begins to lead." So I'm just going to like drop doing those things. But here's the problem. Like the question I would ask is, "Are you?" then simply leading once again in what you're going to put down and he pick up. So again, it sounds like you're leading once again. Yeah, this, you know, this can be tricky and frustrating. So we, with our husbands, are co-heirs to the throne of God. And in this sense, we are equals and we need to pray for our brother in Christ. Like uh, us wives need to pray for our husbands, pray for his heart, and we pray for his mind and his energy to be oriented rightly. And your prayers go to God, who is all-powerful, to change your husband. And that same God can change your heart towards your husband as well. When the Holy Spirit melts your sin, the log in your own eye, then you can rightly go to your husband who is not leading 
and say, hey, you're sinning in this way, like not leading, and I want to help you see it. There's nothing wrong with a sister in Christ going to a brother in Christ and saying, hey, I see this in you, and this is not right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would be doing. And pray and be changed by the Spirit first, and then go to your co-heir in Christ, go to your husband, and you can repeat this praying and going to him as often as needed. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I would say, again, back to like the practical thing here, like I... Go go to him a couple different things. Go to him saying, I would say, like, I think you're sinning here. I think that's a helpful thing. Um, and, and and that would be same thing would be true on the flip side. The husband is going to the wife, like, hey, I, this looks like sin. Mm-hmm. Is there something I'm missing? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then secondly, if we're talking about like what should you drop, should you put down so that he can pick back up, you should go to him and say, Hey. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm struggling with your leadership. I don't, I'm struggling to see where you're leading or, you know, where we're going or this or that or the other. I feel like I'm doing a lot of the leading. What are the things that I should put down that I'm overstepping my bounds and, and encourage him to lead you in that? Like, that's what you want. Right. So and that heart posture, do it. that heart posture is different than, well, I'm just going to not do it. My, I'm going to do hands off and I'm going to let him just flounder. You know, um, in a way, there really, in in the end, does have to be the wife ha- does have to have some hands off, yeah, on things. But to approach your husband pridefully or neglectfully and just saying he's just going to have at it, you know, it's just that is not the right heart posture yeah. towards your your husband. Yeah, I wonder how many women do that like spitefully. Sure, I'm, I'm you know, I'm it's easy show, to do. I'm just going to show how valuable I am. I'm just going to stop doing A, B, and C, and then he can see what it's like when I don't do my my sure. my parts. It's easy to do because you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're angry at him not leading. You're not you, or you could be angry at him not leading the way you want him to lead. Yeah, he might be leading <laughs> perfectly fine. Maybe. It may just not be mm-hmm. what you want. Sure. Yeah. So we just got to check our heart and, so often because sin will just creep in, and then it just fuels the fire of um, disunity yeah. in the marriage. And of course, when you say it's easy to do that, you don't mean it's okay Correct. for them to do that. Nope, it's just you fleshly just, easy. You just you got a card. Uh, against that. So back to some more like practical questions, like how is she to help Adam? And this is key to her emphasis in her role of dominion. So again, what does the text say? In verse 18, it says, I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, if you don't understand the context, you can say, cool, as long as Eve thinks she's doing something good, she's helping Adam. But that's not, that's not the context. So the, the idea is not just a woman doing something good. Uh, but again, what's the context? Verse 18, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So she's not to help the man she wishes she had. She's not just to go do a good thing. She's not made first and foremost a helper fit for God. She's a helper fit for the man that God has given her. And again, she's to help with his aloneness. Adam is to order the world and keep it in covenant with God. Eve is to fix Adam's aloneness. It's to help him in that task, uh, not just by having babies, but that that's a big, 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 glorious, beautiful part of it. 
but it's to walk with him in that. She is to be oriented toward him. So some examples, she is to look to him for how she is to help in the task of dominion. Yeah, so I was with this topic, I was so helped by the book Eve in Exile. By Rebecca Merkel. Yeah, and in this book, the author exhorted the reader to be the wife to your husband. So for example, you can spend undue energy going in a direction that you think is important as wife when your husband doesn't have an emphasis on that. Yeah. So maybe a specific example. Do you consider the kind of husband you have when you're decorating the home? Maybe, you know, you just, you have more of a certain taste and maybe your husband has a certain taste or maybe he's like, maybe kind of a, what's his job? You know, what, what works for him? For example, maybe he has a bunch of keys as part of his job. So maybe as you're decorating the home or just making systems in the home, you have a place that can be beautiful, but a place for him to put his keys, for him to set his boots down. Like you're thinking of your husband and, and working your home to be for him. And what, what about when you're choosing like what meals to make? Maybe you're exhausting yourself with making maybe Chinese food when your husband is a meat and potato guy. <laughs> so just things to think about. Or you have someone like me who likes lots of like cool dishes. <laughs> yes. So that was one reality. I was like, man, I'm the, hu- I'm, I'm the husband. I'm the wife <laughs> to a second. husband that's a foodie. Ooh, that's a tall order. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're getting through it. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> so again, like what happens when you spend all of your energy on what you think is best and then you have no energy left for your husband or his desires? So let me tell you this, like a husband doesn't desire an exhausted, short-tempered wife when he gets home from work. What if you are in a season of little kids and you find yourself at the end of the day having no energy or joy left for him after the kids go to bed? If you consider your husband in your planning and thinking through the day, then maybe you'll get a nap in. Maybe you'll make just an easier meal that night if it's been a rough day with the kids. Maybe you'll communicate with him, maybe before he comes home, that, hey, we need to get the kids in bed on time tonight. Or, hey, it's bath night. So let's consider that, you know, in what we do tonight. Um, So all out of consideration for your husband, it's consideration for your marriage, and it's even considering consideration for yourself. Um, You've oriented your day to choose the things that will keep the energy for the priority of your marriage relationship. And only with a strong marriage relationship can the task of dominion move forward. Yeah, that that's that's so good. Um, the last thing we'll say on this topic is that if if Eve if Eve is to fix Adam's aloneness in this task, then as a husband, you have to have an answer for what that dominion looks like. Like, you have to give direction. You have to say, this is what our family is about, and you have to help move forward. Now, here's the beauty. With Eve's creation comes the creation of human community, ultimately between her and and Adam. And with Eve's creation brings the ability to create more human community. Hmm. 
right? That that wasn't given to Adam. That's why she's called in Genesis 3.20, the mother of all living. The procreation emphasis is on her. That's a really big task. Oh, yeah. That's a really big task that is requires creativity and energy mm-hmm. and lots of thought. So physical it, labor and for physical, nine months. Physical labor. And then the labor after that of feeding and oh, yeah. diapering and staying up at night. And mm-hmm. yeah. And that doesn't mean that the husband doesn't have a, a part in all of that. But right. but what he's saying is like the, the emphasis of life giving, nurturing is given to Eve. Mm-hmm. It's not given to Adam. Like that that's the he she's to do that alongside of him um as has her primary role she's to help subdue the earth bring order to the chaos but her emphasis is by bringing new image bearers into the world and by creating human godly community that will bring order to the chaos right so she's a subduer as well she's on mission as well but the way she gets at that mission is different. This is why Paul says in Titus 2, older women to the younger women, they are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Why? why is, it's almost like Paul, when uh, writing to Titus, has read Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Did you see it? Paul understands this. This is what's good. Women loving their husbands, women loving their children, women being self-controlled and pure, women working on the household, women kind and submissive to their own husbands. You know, everything you just listed there are tall orders, Yeah, full of um, need of a whole lifetime to work those out, to, to make it beautiful, and to make it uh, um, follow God's righteous law. And so there's a lot there. It's, there's, not, it's not a cage. It's not a cage. There's a lot there, opportunity to work hard, to be creative. Then uh, the sky's the limit on that. Um, like, th- there's just going to take just as much effort to do that kind of job as it is, as, a, as it takes a man to be a CEO of a corporation. Absolutely. Like, if you're going to do it well and do it faithfully, mm-hmm. then it needs that kind of thoughtfulness, that kind of discipline, that kind of uh, vigor, uh, that kind of love and consideration, that kind of creativity, that kind of fortitude and perseverance. It's going to take all of that to do it and do it the way God expects you to do it. Uh, the, the the difference is is you you at the end of the day you're not going to get some sort of paper paycheck. Your paycheck is souls. Your paycheck is the mission that God's given your husband. the The paycheck is a faithful generation to come up after your generation and your grand great grandkids and your great great grandkids and and ultimately your inheritance is the glory of God. Like that's our inheritance. That, that as we do that, having been united with Christ, that we would, as, as Jesus says, um, the meek shall inherit the earth. We'll inherit the earth in very practical ways as we have households that take the next acre for the glory of God, where a husband is subduing and conquering by taking the next acre, and the wife is coming alongside him and bringing life and community and godliness next to him. They, they together, 
um, will see this um, this mission go forward. Absolutely. So again, we'd like to thank you for joining us again this week. If you'd like to support us, um, be a part of this mission, and and help provide this kind of helpful content to other people, then please uh, join our Patreon page and become a supporter today. Now go seek God and His Word as you build your household through dominion and mastery to be joyful, sturdy, and productive. <laughs>